And now for a poem. Gitchy, gitchy, ya, ya, da, da. Gitchy, gitchy, ya, ya, here. Mocha chocolata, ya, ya. Creole lady marmalade. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with this. We're obsessed with you, so get obsessed with us. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> Oh my god, I just snorted. No, I actually... Oh my god, I'm done. It's my favorite thing ever. Beautiful. Love it, love it. Uh, Okay, ready? Hi everyone, and welcome to Obsessed. Woo, that right there is my soul sister, flow sister, Ariana Santana. (laughs) And that right there is my badass chick from the Moonlight Room. You, yeah. you, you, you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally put, put me in a muzzle. I should not open my mouth anymore. <laughs> no, Jeff. I, that was just a glimpse of you being straight, and I like can't. That brought me right back to senior year of high school when I had like that big, chunky, like silver chain that I used to wear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm in pain. <laughs> Yo, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but anyway, back to this. <laughs> so, yes, we want to know if anyone on this planet knows the words to Lady Marmalade without looking at the lyrics, because Ari and I had to look them up. <laughs> we really did. Like, I had no idea what these words were. Um, we were out here... Speaking French, apparently, at literally nine and ten years old. Um, And that's just hysterical to me. Like, we're so used to saying whatever made-up words we've said for the last 20 years. So there's no reason to actually look up the lyrics. But yeah, also us saying, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi at nine years old? Or wait, c'est soi (laughs) at nine years old? Because doesn't that mean, do you want to, like have sex with me or something <laughs> yeah and we and we talk about that towards the end of the episode oh, but yeah yes we do not, we do talk that's about not, it. um <laughs> that's not becoming of a of a young child no 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 we were like singing these lyrics we were 13 going on 30 i don't know with that maturity level right there <laughs> of course and that's just the millennial way subjected yes. <laughs> to not even subjected like willingly Wanting to um, participate in very explicit stuff. Yes. And I love that about us. Yeah, I love it too. Okay, well, the lyrics of Lady Marmalade are not Marmalade. I don't even fucking know (laughs) the actual... (laughs) I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Um, The lyrics of that song is not what this episode is actually about. Today, we're going to be sharing the origin of the real Moulin Rouge in 19th century Paris. Mm -hmm. Emily Mm -hmm. in Paris. Ari in Paris. (laughs) Which, like, actually works. That that works perfectly. (laughs) No, but Emily is such a fun name to say in French. Emily. Emily, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay, so very quick, inspo for this episode, um, I ended up seeing Moulin Rouge on Broadway mm. recently with the 
the JoJo. Uh yes. Oh my gosh. How was how was it? How was JoJo? JoJo was incredible. Incredible. It was so good. I mean, she's amazing. Period, right? Yes. But I also didn't realize that she was like such a good actress. I mean, I know we we know of Aquamarine, duh. Yes, and she was also in RV with um, oh Robin Williams. <gasps> You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wait, can I actually tell you? I have a re- like JoJo and I have a really weird connection with each other. Um, she she doesn't know this, but <laughs> but I do. So I was obsessed with her, and I still kind of am in like a non creepy way. Um, but I met her. At a CD signing in the Palisades Mall in New York um, when her High Road album came out in 2006. And I took a picture of her with my disposable camera. Um, It was very blurry (laughs) and grainy, so I'm pretty sure I threw out those photos when they were developed. But then, years later, I also saw her in concert. But then, uh, years later, during the pandemic, a lot of years later, maybe like over 10 years later... um, the fitness company that I was working for during the pandemic, um, Jojo was a uh, subscriber to our uh, my uh, Daily Burn, which is the company I used to work for. And oh my God. We, we had an Instagram live with Jojo and one of our Daily Burn trainers. And it was just so cool. Like, I just feel like every couple of years, like Jojo and I, she does not know this, everyone, but like we just like <laughs> cross paths with each other. Again, I'm the only one that notices, not Jojo. <laughs> Wait. Maybe maybe she does. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed. Like you have this like weird bond with JoJo. Yes, I know, but it's definitely like one sided because I like I'm I'm the only one that feels it. But JoJo, if you're listening and you feel it too, definitely DM us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jeff, I did not know that. I'm so sorry. I very quickly purchased these tickets because I just wanted to see her before she left Broadway. Otherwise, I I should have asked you. If oh my gosh, no, it's okay. Her. I'm just happy to hear that she's like up there thriving on stage. Thriving, looking gorgeous. Yes. Everyone listening, she extended her stay. She's going to be on until I believe the end of July now. So you can still Oof. see her. Yes, we must. And yeah, just literally perfect. Um, but so saw that on Broadway and was like, whoa. I actually, of course, saw the movie too, which Jeff did not see. Um, mm, <laughs> I did not. And I I don't know if I ever will, to be honest. <laughs> and that is A-OK, Jeff, to be honest. Did you um, watch it like when it came out in 2001? Um, I don't think I saw it like right when it came out, but I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it like maybe early teens. Okay. And not getting it. I will. <laughs> I will say. So I wasn't for a very long time. I was not a big fan of the movie, which is so interesting because I love musicals. I love movie musicals. I love Hugh McGregor. I love Nicole Kidman. So like didn't really make sense that I wasn't obsessed with it because it kind of is like culty in that way. Like you're either a diehard Moulin Rouge movie fan or you didn't like it at all. Um, I just think that like, and it was a lot darker than the musical, like the story itself. So I don't know. I just think I didn't get it. But older me, I think would appreciate how artistic it is. So I feel like if I watched it 
at this age, I'd be like, whoa, love it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do that, though, because there's just no need for me to watch that movie again. Right. I, I mean, you you saw it. <laughs> I don't need to see a movie multiple times and the musical. Like, the story isn't that great, to be honest. I'm sorry wow. for everyone listening. We're really selling this, this show no, right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. Saw the movie, saw the musical, and was like, whoa, is any of this rooted in reality whatsoever? Like, is it based on, how much of it is based on, like, the real Moulin Rouge in Paris? Are these characters real? Things like that. Um, And, yeah, really interesting. Reading some of this uh, um, history. So that's what Jeff and I are going to talk about. Yeah. So, first things first. The name of the movie and musical Moulin Rouge is based off of a real Parisian nightclub <laughs> where the Can Can dance was born. And we're going to talk about that a little more. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> but super quick recap of the story that is pure fiction, I will point out. <laughs> we have a writer and poet, Christian Gorgeous, and the star of the Moulin Rouge cabaret, the incredible, amazing Nicole Kidman in the movie. Um, her name is Satine. They fall into a forbidden romance that is threatened by a jealous Duke whose money mm-hmm. is needed to keep the club afloat. Ooh. And there's also a secret illness in the mix. I don't want to spoil it, even though if you're listening to this, like you you probably saw the movie or the show. Like, I imagine. Unless Wait, you just who- want to learn about Moulin Rouge. Does Duke have the secret illness, or who no. is it? No. <gasps> oh Satine. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and so Satine is, like, kind of based off of Marilyn Monroe, like her character. She okay. She literally sings, like, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. That's her first song in the movie. Ooh. She's stunning. Everyone's in love with her. Um, but she's dying, and she doesn't tell anyone. And mm. then she literally dies at the end of the movie. Look, it's not a spoiler. This movie's been out since fucking 2001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to the story being pure fiction, in the film and the musical, they also sing all kinds of contemporary pop songs that obviously were not written for 100 years. So after the real Moulin Rouge was was built. Um, so that is obviously fictional. Um, but yeah, if you're not really into like, I guess taking an inspired old story and then smacking like pop contemporary songs on top, then you wouldn't like this if you haven't seen it already. Um, but it's really interesting. And I think it makes for like a really fabulous musical. It's kind of like seeing Jersey Boys on Broadway. Have you seen that, Jeff? Yes, I love Jersey Boys. Yeah, so the so same fun. vibe where like everyone's just having like the time of their life. That's that's this. Yes. You're also, not, like, I go. I was, I was going to say I am a Jersey boy now. Because <laughs> <gasps> you are a Jersey boy. I know. <laughs> if they ever bring it back to Broadway, you should audition. I Wait, is it not on Broadway anymore? No, it's it's like doing off-Broadway shows and stuff. It was on Broadway for a while. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I saw it a few years ago, but I think it was off-Broadway at that time. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Baz Luhrmann, the director of the film, 
and the musical's creators did borrow from some actual French history to recreate the world of the Moulin Rouge for all of this. So let's get into some of it. Yes, let's get into the actual Moulin Rouge Club. So the real Moulin Rouge opened in 1889, and the name literally translates to Red Windmill, which was at the very front of the building, along with glittering electric lights, which were a novelty at the time. The Red Windmill was designed to indicate the history of... Oh, fuck. (laughs) This is it. Wait, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Wait, okay. Ari's going to (laughs) say the art capital of France perfectly. You get one chance. (laughs) Montmartre. That was perfect. That was perfect. I'm missing the last three letters. Um, Okay. (laughs) Montmartre. Montmartre. Yes. Okay. we don't speak French at all, um, and both went to Paris at one point. Uh, I was there for Paris. Yeah, I was there for three days. Um, I did not pick pick it up. Um, the the dialect and the pronunciation of a lot of these words. I just need to practice it more. So if I'm mispronouncing anything, and Ari too, we are not trying to be disrespectful. Um, absolutely. Okay. Anyway, so. Yes, the art capital of France, that word that starts with with the letter M, as in Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Martin, it's the other word. <laughs> so um, that was a village that once had many windmills in it. A castle was built in a Gothic style right next to the windmill. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Yeah, and so that's what that's what it looks like for those of you who have seen the movie or the the play. Like it's a windmill, and then there's like this like cool like castle right now. There's a but there's a lot of shit going on in the Moulin Rouge. Yes, Ari, I'm so sorry. I cannot read right now. You're okay. fine. I love it. Uh, that period was just, like just came so abruptly. I didn't. I didn't I even know. expect it. Oh, okay. I know. So the garden and and its alfresco cafe were known as the <laughs> the Jardin? the Jardin de Paris Elephant. After the founders purchased a giant elephant, they had ex- seen exhibited at the Paris Universal Exhibition of eighteen eighty nine. At the Moulin Rouge, the elephant served as a luxurious opium den where, for a single franc, gentlemen could enter by way of a beautiful spiral staircase inside the leg and be entertained by belly dancers. That's so... Wait, so was it like a a gigantic elephant? Yes, and it's also (gasps) in the movie and the the musical. Oh! Yeah, she... um, I think Satine's room is in the elephant. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, so it is. It is cool. Like the the aesthetics of Moulin Rouge were totally incorporated in yeah. the movie and musical, and like just so like bedazzled. Yeah, like opulent, is, like luxurious. Yes, that was the goal. Darling. That was the goal of Moulin Rouge in yeah. eighteen eighty nine. Um, and so a little bit about like the lifestyle, which plays into why this was created in, in Paris at the time. So people of all backgrounds mingled at Moulin Rouge. The like surrounding Montmartre district Ooh. was it was populated by with very fashionable yet like somewhat you know, middle class, lower class bohemians, but the very rich would 
go there to see essentially how the other half lived. So it was like, I guess it's sort of like (laughs) some New York City um, boroughs and and areas within a borough in the middle of gentrification. Yeah, Literally on one side of the street, you have like $7 cold brews. And on the other side, you have individuals who have lived there and are being like pushed out. (laughs) Okay, so are the rich going there to compare their lives with the lower class? Like... As a way to... A a little bit. ...look down upon them? Like, what's going on? In a way, but it was also seen as, like, a way to... Yeah, I mean, look, they're they're enjoying a lifestyle that they're not used to, but they also feel like they could be free because that is the bohemian mentality. Right. So, for these, like, prim and proper individuals who are, like, into fat and money and and have all of these um uh like familial names and and sort of just like I don't I don't know how else to fucking describe them I guess um expectations they could go to this place and like really let loose and be like and just enjoy how these other people are living while yes also othering them got it okay yes understood <laughs> yeah and so the place became famous for a, a million reasons but one of the big ones is it was the birthplace of the can can dance which mm. we talk about in a little bit and it still operates today hosting like dance things for tourists which is so wild um and in 2019 the moulin rouge celebrated its 130th anniversary like it's nuts yeah oh my god that's wild i um i did read that like within the last decade or so the moulin rouge has a lot of like rock concerts and performances lately which is like kind of different from how it originally started yeah Interesting. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, but so a little bit more on the bohemian lifestyle, because I kind of like love this part because we all use the term like bohemian now to describe like aesthetics, right? Aesthetics, yeah. vibes, like sort of like hippie, chill, crystal-y kind of people. Right, right, right. Um, and it actually like some of that is is true to the original term and like where it came from. Um but specifically, in the mid-19th century, the French coined the term bohemian, um, as we know today. Yeah. And the term is derived from Bohemia, which is a region in modern-day, like, Czechia? I guess, like, the Czech Republic. Right. Which previously the Czech Republic, um, from where the, like, Romani people were mistakenly thought to have traveled to France. Interesting. So, yes. So... The Romani people were outsiders in French society, but it didn't really bother them. Those who, like, participated in the Bohemian lifestyle were also outsiders, right? If you think about what it stands for. People from all walks of life who enjoyed the cultural progress of the era and, like, didn't live a traditional or proper lifestyle were seen as Bohemian. Mm. Um excluded from proper prim French society and then it just became a more general term for anyone who didn't really walk that like traditional life. I'm obsessed with that. I know. Love it. And and the similarities between the groups are how that term bohemian 
became associated with writers, artists, musicians, like in the movie and musical, including, of course, the main writer and poet, Christian. Um, So, yeah, they were... It was taken from, like, people who emigrated to France, were seen as outsiders, and then sort of um, broadened to those who just had a mentality outside of the norm. I'm obsessed with that. that that's Me so too. cool that it kind of had that origin back in, in that era. Um, and I also don't know if it's Romani or Romani. I think I may be adding some flair by saying Romani. Ooh, I kind of like Romani. Me too, but yes. I don't know. If <laughs> guys, I don't know if it's accurate. I'm sorry, and I hope I didn't <laughs> offend anyone of that heritage. If that is yours, DM us so we, and spell it phonetically. Yes, please. Yeah, we are. We're, this whole podcast is about learning. So mm-hmm. if you can teach us how to pronounce words properly, we are all ears because <laughs> I, ha- I I struggle in that area for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't even I don't even like struggle with the common words that are hard to to pronounce. I literally mispronounce so much shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same. Um <laughs> Okay, so now for the the con con dance. Just the kidding. <laughs> the the can can dance. Um, so this French dance style is said to have originated in the 1840s at the actual Moulin Rouge nightclub. Once the Moulin Rouge popularized the dance, cabarets popped up all over Paris in the late 1800s, and the can can became an international phenomenon that drew in tons of audiences. I'm just imagining like thousands of people just like kicking each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Jeff, you know what can-can is, right? With like the big roughly skirts and then they have, they're just like holding the skirt up and they're kicking and yes, you see their... Yes, they're like kicking yeah, it okay. in like unison, yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, Which, no. Actually, must have inspired the Rockettes. Oh, one. Well, yeah, that that like is the ca- the can can, right? What they're doing. Yeah, that is the can can. You're yeah. right. That's the literal dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely they were inspired by the Moulin Rouge. Um, so, but back when the can can first came into the dance scene, plenty of people didn't find it fun or respectable, no matter how strong those dancers were. Those high kicks were deliberately revealing as a way of challenging the restrictive social norms placed on women at the time. Right. Cause it, it'll expose their like undergarments. Exactly. Um, ooh. I'm sorry, I don't know why I was like, ooh. Okay, Uh, so naturally, the Victorian elites found the dance improper, so they coined it can-can after a French slang word for gossip or scandal. Whoa. Okay, so ironically, though, the can-can originated out of the quadrille, quadrilly, quad... (laughs) No one knows. Okay, um... It originated out of a a perfectly proper dance performed by couples at balls. The dance also includes high-energy kicks, but the difference was that the ladies at these balls wore full-coverage undergarments beneath their ruffled skirts. At the Moulin Rouge, they did not. Scandalous! Right, Right. so you know what you were getting into at the Moulin Rouge. You knew what you were going to see. I love taking this, like, prim and proper dance. I mean, like, you know what? We're going to do it our fucking way. And yeah. here you go. And screw you're going to see a lot more skin. <laughs> yes. Screw the ruffles. We're, we're over that. <laughs> oh, I would have, t- if I was in 19th century 
France, I would have totally been like a bohemian. Bohemian. 100%. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Me too. Oh, I love that. I love that about us. Yes, I'm obsessed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But so unlike in the Hollywood depictions of the Moulin Rouge, it's not true that women had to sell their bodies to make a living because that was a big plot point um, with Satine in both the movie and musical. Um, I mean, I'm sure to some extent, maybe the more popular ones like just did, but They didn't have to. They simply had to make conversation, like, entertain men and be the life and soul of the party. You know, like, easy peasy. (laughs) (laughs) They were very skilled at the art of seduction and often formed, like, long-lasting relationships with the European elite. Um, And they were also considered celebrities and disliked by many people. Uh, I found it so interesting, yeah, that even in 1889, the press followed the can-can dancers' every movement. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it totally added to the perception that many Parisians already had of, of these women and this venue, you know? Just being followed around and, like, men obsessing over them and things like that. It's kind of wild. It's like the modern day, like, paparazzi. Or, yeah, yeah, the paparazzi of, yes, you know know what I mean. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Um, And so continuing with that, some of the characters, very few of the characters in the movie and musical are historical. Um, So for those of you who have seen the movie, um, Harold Zidler, who's a club owner in in the movie, got his name from Charles Zidler, who was one of the original club's co-founders. So he literally changed it from Charles to Harold, but he's based on the same guy. Um, And for those of you who remember Toulouse... Uh, love Toulouse, who in the movie um, is one of the like bohemian artists that Christian meets upon his arrival to Paris and who helps him co-write the musical that they end up performing in the club. Um, in real life, Henry de Toulouse was an artist who created multiple Moulin Rouge-related works of art. Um, and besides his promotional posters for the club, his most famous artwork at the Moulin Rouge was a, pa- a painting of patrons at the club's cabaret tables that now hangs in the Art Institute of Chicago, which I oh love. Oh my gosh. Have you seen this, yeah. this painting before? No, I have to look it up. I didn't even I, look I'm it up. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's like like one of those recognizable paintings that like everyone knows. I'm sure. But yeah. yeah, so Toulouse in the movie was based off of Henry de Toulouse in real life, which is very cool. But that's yeah. kind of where it ends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the characters, at least. Okay, so that brings us to the iconic Lady Marmalade song that we cleverly turned into a poem at the start of this episode. Um, <laughs> so this song was written by Bob Crew and Kenny Nolan. Nolan. Nolan, Kenny Nolan, and sung by the famous Patti LaBelle. The inspiration for the 1975 hit came from the city of New Orleans. The writers marveled at the ladies of the evening at the city's French Quarter. Oh my gosh, I am obsessed with this already. Even though we knew I this know. already. Just kidding, we I didn't. Know. Like, I don't know if anyone knew that the song was a, a remake no, like the, our our song with Christina Aguilera oh. and everyone was actually oh, yes. a remake from Patti LaBelle. No, I had no idea. I actually didn't even know. I didn't know that. Um, 
So the scandalous French lyrics, however, are what made the song. The chorus of the song, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir, translates to, do you want to sleep with me tonight? Right. That's what you said earlier, Jeff. Yes, yes, yes. I knew it was something like that. Um, But that reminds me of the the Scooby-Doo movie, which also came up in a previous episode, um, where Shaggy, mind you, this is a kid's movie. Shaggy says to his love interest, that you don't need to know what voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir means to love that song. He, like, literally says that in the movie. Um, wow. And it's, it's a kid's movie. But then again, we were still singing the song at that age, back in, like, 2002 when it came out. <laughs> um, uh, um, absolutely. It wasn't until, like, doing research for this that I actually learned what that meant. I just never paid attention. Again, I'm just rattling off words. Exactly. Yes. Um, okay. Oh, you know we're jamming to that all night after this episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, like Christina, Christina Aguilera belting those like the loudest <laughs> notes I've ever heard ever in these songs. Love it. Ever. Yeah. But also the video so iconic. I was it actually, looks just like the movie. It does. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I saw the video, mm-hmm. and I feel like I like. That I would like it better than the movie. Um, okay, anyway. But oh, and also Pink. I love Pink. Ugh. She's so underrated, in my opinion. Amazing, iconic. For uh, amazing, iconic, 10 out of 10. I live for Show Pink. Stopping. Like, like yes. would do anything for Pink. Severely underrated, and especially in that song, right? Because everyone's only talking about Christina, and I'm like, yeah, she killed it, but Pink. Did a phenomenal job. Yes, yes. And Pink is not straining her voice like Christina Aguilera probably did. <laughs> Correct. Um, just kidding. I love I love everyone. We love Christina. <laughs> yeah. Um, legend, iconic, 10 out of 10. She's amazing too. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Patty LaBelle. <clears throat> oh my gosh. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> So Patti LaBelle didn't even know the true meaning until a nun pointed out the lyrics of her song. <laughs> so Patti said that the other members in her group didn't even know what the song meant either. Um, they thought it was just about a woman walking down the street. It didn't even register that it might be about something else. Um, she says that they, it was very innocent and they had no clue. They were very naive. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to be, like, singing something in a foreign language, you should probably know what it translates to in English. (laughs) But who knows? Maybe they were being gaslit by the writers. That's true. That's Right? Who were just like, oh, we were inspired by, like, women dancing in New Orleans. Like, it's just about, like, ladies of the night. Yeah, it's just about a woman walking walking down the street. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's sing a song about it. in the dark. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, but needless to say, the song was such a wild success that it re- it was revived again for the 2001 film Moulin Rouge, which I have not seen. Yeah. I just, <laughs> guys, like, how crazy is it that Jeff hasn't seen this movie? Like, again, it's not one of my favorites, but I just think that it's wild, Jeff, that you, like, missed out on this. I don't think I missed out on anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think just like just listening to this episode that we've recorded, I feel like that's enough for me. But I would see the musical with JoJo. Um, yes. And I do want to say that in 2001, when Moulin Rouge came out, the the one with Nicole Kidman, that was also the year that The Mummy Returns came out in theaters. Um, mm. uh, what was the other movie? Jurassic Park 3 was in theaters. So I was preoccupied seeing those other films at the time. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And like our parents were not taking us to the theater again at nine and 10 years old to see Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes, you're right. They weren't. So you had to, you had to like seek it later on as you got older. Yeah. Which, and, and why? I, I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't happen for me. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it someday. I don't know. But the song that I sent you, El Tango, oh. De Roxanne. Oh, so good. So <gasps> in good. In the movie and musical, you need to just, I'm going to send you a clip after of you and McGregor singing that mm. in the movie. Okay. Because, whew, ha. Ooh, I love him. And the play. I literally sent Jeff, I was like, listen to this song, and it's Aaron, um... Oh God! I don't. I always forget how to pronounce his last name. Aaron Tevate um, mm-hmm. from Tevit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love him. Yes. From the original Broadway cast. Okay. Singing it, and it's like literally so iconic. If you know how Spotify has like a little like clip of like the performance or music video. Or something yeah. Like, I, was he in that? Because he was hot the, in the the clip that I saw. Oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, my That was gosh. him on Broadway. Yes, okay. You know what he's from that you may know him? No, he tell was me. In, he was in, remember when they did the, like, TV, like, Grease the Musical? Yes, with, that, um... That's him as Danny Zuko, and he was, like, this tall, Oh, my guy. gosh. That, the yeah. one with, like, uh, Vanessa Hudgens? She was in it, right? She was in it, but she was Frenchie, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was it Catherine McPhee? Or someone Catherine was McPhee. in it. Who was in it with... This is, guys, this is really I, important information. I thought it was Vanessa Hudgens as Sandy, but maybe she was Frenchie. And I remember that distinctively because her father passed away, like, literally the day before the performance. I felt so bad. No. Oh, okay. So, yes, it was Aaron as Danny, right? So, that hottie. Okay. No, but it was Julianne Huff as as Sandy. Oh. Was the Vanessa dancer, Hudgens- singer. Wait. This was iconic. Wait, Vanessa Hudgens was Rizzo. Carly Rae Jepsen was Frenchie. No. Oh, my gosh. And Kiki Palmer was Marty. Wow, that is a stacked cast. Wow. Stacked. And I remember, like, this not being that good, which is so unfortunate. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember I watched, like, the Hairspray one that was on that, like, ABC or whatever network. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't know if I watched the Grease one. Yeah, but he's... So hot. Okay, and I'll have to watch some clips from it. <laughs> but if you do go see it, and this is for anyone listening also, obviously, um, if you do go see it on Broadway with JoJo, you'll probably see it with Derek Klena, who is stunning. Stunning. The two of them together, just so sexy, so hot, so much just like, ugh, the vibes are there. And you're, yes. you're going to be like, correct. Yes. You're going to be like, voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? C'est soi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I love this. Oh this my gosh. Fun. That was so interesting. I honestly learned so, so much. This was so fun. <laughs> it was fun. From the can-can um, to the bohemians to the... Mm-hmm. To the what else? The, the to paint. how loosely based the plot of the film and characters yes. are to the real Moulin Rouge. Love <laughs> it. Loosely based plots. I love it. There's so much to learn. <laughs> so amazing. Okay. Well, all of you, go just consume whatever Moulin Rouge content you want, even if it's just listening to Lady Marmalade back to back. Yes. Because, yes. Yes, yes. And um, just try to l- read the lyrics. They're fun. They're fun to read. They're so fun. Okay. All right. Love you all. All right. Love you. Have a good day slash 
night. Such <laughs> night. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Oh my gosh, that was so fun.